I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Amy, what's this show about? Nothing finer than vaginas. What we're going to talk about today? Vaginal packing in nature's pocket. What are you talking about there, Amy? You're going to find out later on, but let's just say the vagina is a blind-ended wonder. Vagina. <laughs> Vaginas. <laughs> Welcome to our show, folks. That's coming up next. Today, a topic that needs very little introduction because everybody is interested in them. Vaginas. Absolutely. But um, so this is a crime show. What's the crime aspect here? Well, women hide illegal contraband in their vaginas. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is probably a good moment for me to give our listeners a word of warning. There will be some graphic and very adult stuff in today's episode. Yeah. So hide your kids now. That's right. Hide your kids because you're listening to What the Crime, a podcast about the bizarre side of crime. I'm Amy Angelowitz. And I'm Will Johnson. One, nature's pocket. Will, do you watch that Comedy Central show, Broad City? Yeah, I've seen some. I don't know if you remember the episode last season in which the main character, Alana, pulls a bag of weed out of her vajinha, as she calls it, because she says nature's pocket is the safest way to travel. And in the context of the show, it was actually hilarious. Um, In real life, not so funny. But Broad City was basically bringing to light a real crime trend. Which is women putting drugs in their vaginas. Yeah, and other illegal stuff. For example, the first really shocking case that I remember reading about in recent times was the arrest of a woman in Pennsylvania named Karen McAlunius. Ready for this? Mm -hmm. During a strip search, authorities found 54 full bags of heroin, 31 
empty bags of heroin, eight pills, and $51.22 in cash and change in her vagina. Wow. So uh, the $51 seems like enough, but there was also like loose change? Makes me wonder, did she not want to carry a wallet with her? Was she just all like, oh, I'm just going to put my coins up in here? Was she not worried about the drugs and the money making internal contact? I have so many questions about this. Yeah, and it sounds very filling, if you will. I mean, the question I have is how did she get all of that into her vagina? It seems like a lot of stuff. Can we just mention really quickly that you sound really creepy and probably will for the rest of this episode? I can't help it. Just want to put it out there. Okay, yeah. It does seem like she had a lot of stuff in there, and I don't know how she got it all in there. So you're telling me that an average vagina in, like, a regular state, okay, so not expanded for childbirth or anything, is uh, is big enough to fit, like, 100 bags of heroin and enough money to buy say, like a steak dinner? Yeah, or a small handgun. No. Yes. Will, yes. Apparently, a a normal-sized vagina can holster a Smith & Wesson twenty-two caliber semi-automatic comfortably. Oh, comfortably. Yeah. That's nice. Comfort is key if Mm -hmm. you're going to walk around with a gun in your vagina. I just, but but honestly, there was a fully loaded one just like that found in 31-year-old Ashley Cecilia Castaneda's vagina recently. Fully loaded. So what if it uh, goes off or maybe I should say discharges? You should. You should say discharges. I suppose if it's pointed inward, you know, you would die. And if it's pointed outward, anyone in firing range could die. There was actually a suspect who discharged a firearm from her vagina. Ow. Or what happened? (laughs) She did not discharge it internally. Her name was Victoria Lundy, and she was in a holding cell in Cleveland. And the twenty-five caliber semi-automatic gun that she was hiding in her vagina discharged. And the bullet lodged in the ceiling of the jail. <laughs> so that's a, that's weird. Uh, how, did, how, did, how did it go off? Your guess is as good as mine. She crossed her legs. She moved funny. She farted. Oh, man. I don't know. She was doing jumping jacks. I have no idea. You're blowing my mind. Well, I have one more story for you, so don't get too mind-blown okay. yet. Stay with me. And this is probably the weirdest gun and vagina case we've seen on ID's blog, Crime Feed. And it involves the ex-wife of the writer Cormac McCarthy. So the author, right? The guy who yeah. wrote, like, No Country for All Men. Correct. But he is not in this story. This is his ex-wife. Cops were called to Jennifer McCarthy's home in Santa Fe after an argument about aliens escalated with her new boyfriend. <laughs> So, yeah, an argument about aliens, it happens. Of course, aliens are involved in this story. Um, But it gets a little bit weirder. According to the police reports, Jennifer came out of the bedroom wearing nothing but lingerie, and there was, wait for it, Mm. a silver handgun sticking out of her vagina. Wow, that's hot. It got hotter. She then proceeded to simulate sex with the handgun. Not sure whether it was loaded. I really hope not. And then she asked her boyfriend, quote, Who's crazy, you or me? So let me get this straight. It uh, went from an argument about aliens to her coming out of the bedroom with the gun. Yep. And then it then it uh, it just sort of went downhill from there. That sounds like a great night. Yeah, it sounds like your kind of night. So what's this all about? What's this hidden in vaginas thing really all about, Amy? I know you've got the answer. I don't have the answer quite yet, but I did speak with Amelia McDonald Perry, who's the editor-in-chief of the website thefrisky.com, and she's also a feminist and sex expert, to get her thoughts on the matter. There has been a trend in 
well, criminals, or I don't like to think of them as criminals always. Women. Yeah, women. <laughs> women who are, you know, maybe have some sort of illicit substance or something. Not always even a substance. There have been all sorts of oh, things. Yes. yes, I did a little bit of research on the Frisky, yeah. actually, and some other things that were hidden in vaginas that weren't um, oh. guns or drugs or paraphernalia. Um, a vodka bottle filled with urine. A prosthetic <laughs> eye. Wait, this is my favorite. A Donny Osmond poster. Like, rolled up? Yeah. Well, that is one way of getting super, super close to Donny Osmond without actually touching him ever. That's just so dumb to me. I can get, I can, I can understand putting all sorts of things up there, I suppose, mm-hmm. I guess, if you need to. But, like, a gun to me is, like, I would rather get caught. I right, think. that's what I'm saying. What, what could be worse? What, is jail, going to jail really worse than accidentally shooting a hole in your service? That's the thing. She, that's, I, that's what I don't understand <laughs> at all. all like, right. I mean, Maybe she was that desperate to stay out of the, out of the clink. Maybe th- she knew that they had enough on her that if she got caught with this, I don't know. I've been thinking about this, actually. I think the reason that a woman hides a gun in her vagina is either that mm, she's scared to go to jail, she killed someone with that gun, and she thinks that her vagina is the safest place to hide it, provided that she doesn't get strip search, or she's a packer. A packer. So that's like an official term, packer. It is. More on that next. Part two, what you packing down there? So let's take a trip inside the elastic muscular canal that is the vagina, shall we? Let's do it. I'm in. Uh, God, I sound so creepy. I know. Let's kick it over to Crime Feed correspondent Barry Blitch, who was brave enough to take on the task of vaginal research. So Barry, is this something you've um, done a lot of in the past? You know, as, as a woman, I like to think I'm pretty familiar with it, but I, I, I learned a whole lot and now I can officially put vagina expert on my resume. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah, I, it, was, it was a lot of TMI, but, um, but, you know, pretty interesting facts too. Did you know that, that the term vagina comes from the Latin word for sheath? No, I, I did not, but that makes sense. So first, I I wanted to go back and get the facts from a doctor. So we went back to our favorite guy, you know, from our hangry episode. Yes. Dr. Slay. I love that guy. So he's a wealth of information. And we wanted to find out what non-organic material, i.e. not babies, that he has seen in nature's pocket. He acknowledged that, of course, men and women, for that matter, have been known to keep drugs, needles, whatever, in their rectums to go through customs or before they go into prison. But why do rectums get all the press? Yeah. It seems unfair. Well, after talking to him, it really seems like an evolutionary advantage for women. Women actually have an extra hiding place, and many of them can and do utilize it. The vagina is an amazing organ. Um, It it is essentially about six inches uh, long, but is capable of expanding to four to five times its size, not only in length, but in uh, its capacity to hold things. And uh, so that absolutely is amazing. So he made the cogent point that vaginas are a blind-ended pouch. A, bli- a blind-ended pouch. So what exactly, I mean, what is that? Yeah, it, it basically means that when you put something in there, you're going to know where it is. It can't migrate it. It has an end to it. It can't get lost. Unlike the rectum where something could actually migrate. It could, uh, as you say. It's a two-way street. And get lost, and then, yeah. you're in, and then you're in the ER with a with a very embarrassing story and situation. So it's an amazing 
amazing organ. It's self-cleansing. It maintains its own pH levels. Slightly acidic, FYI. It has strong muscles. It can expand. And, and Barry, let me let me interrupt real quick. And in, in your uh, research, uh, did you come across stories about w- women who are are actually you know making them look great? There were a lot of those kinds of stories. Um, you know, labiaplasties are on the rise. In 2013, they increased by 44 percent. So labioplasty is simply the beautification. Right. Many people would argue with the word beautification yeah, and yeah. Um, how it objectifies women in yet another way. But yes, women can can alter their appearance. Yeah. That's interesting. So there's what else? even a beauty pageant for vaginas. <laughs> yeah, there's a world's most beautiful vagina contest. We've, we've come to that. Yeah. We have come to that. Of course, it's sponsored by a sex toy manufacturer. Yeah. Um, reeks of misogyny. But but hey, that's a title. There's even a woman with the title of World's Strongest Vagina. Wow. So, okay, let's hear more. Yeah, she holds the world record for lifting 31 pounds with her vagina. (laughs) (laughs) So it should be celebrated. You know, the vagina should be celebrated and utilized in the right way. But, of course, as we know with our crime feed stories, the logic always starts to wane and some people take it a little too far. Here's Dr. Slay again. If you're transporting... um sharp uh, objects that could injure the vagina, then that's, uh, there's perforation is a possibility. I personally have never seen a case like that, but they are reported in the medical literature where people have been injured or damaged because of, uh, because of perforation of the vaginal area. But yes, very, very common. So uh, Dr. Bob hasn't seen perforation, thank God, but what has Dr. Bob seen transported in vaginas besides like Oh, I don't know, Donny Osmond posters and uh, empty bags of heroin and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, a lot, apparently. Diamonds. Diamonds are ideal. They put the diamonds inside of a little rubber balloon, insert those in the vagina, and usually put a tampon in or something to keep it in place. So, yeah, he's seen a lot carried, but as you'd imagine, it's mainly stuff with value. People who carry this are called packers. I work at an emergency department that's not far from LAX, so we do have the customs people not infrequently bringing in what we call suspected body packers. And those are people who swallow drugs, and you can see them in their stomach. They usually swallow balloons of heroin or cocaine. And then the vaginal packers, and they will smuggle anything from cocaine to uh, heroin. So it's most common to see things like diamonds, cocaine, heroin, gold bars. Wow, gold bars, really? Yep, small ones, yeah. The main go-to is, of course, straight-up cash. Dr. Slay sees lots of Benjamins up in there. And I've, uh, in a comatose uh, lady some years ago, uh, Lady of the Night, uh, we unloaded approximately 1,200. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. $100, mostly in 20s, uh, from inside of her vagina. And of course, she wanted her money back and she wanted to count it to make sure it was all there. How you doing, Amy? You look a little shell-shocked over there. I think I am. <laughs> I think as a person who has a vagina, I'm just trying to imagine any scenario in which I would choose to put $1,200, mostly in 20s, up there. So maybe it makes sense to delve deeper into the psychology behind it. Part three, reclaiming nature's pocket. So I was doing research trying to find out more about the psychology that motivates people to pack, and I fell into this tangential rabbit hole on the internet. Yeah, that can happen with that topic, I'm sure, on the internet. Oh, so yeah. I'm scared to ask what you found out. Two words, vaginal knitting. Oh, God. A performance artist in Australia did a piece where she sat in a museum and she inserted a skein of wool that unraveled from the center in her vagina, and for 28 days straight, she just knitted a scarf from her vagina. Hmm. I wonder if someone got that as a gift eventually. So was there, like, a, a message behind the scarf and the performance? Yeah, there was, actually, to combat misogyny. Casey Jenkins was her name, and she said that she felt that linking the vulva with a warm and fuzzy activity like knitting would hopefully make people confront their fears or any negative connotations they have with the vagina. So then would it be the opposite for women who hide, like, loaded guns in there? Are they trying to make people more afraid of vaginas? Maybe not consciously, but in turn they are. Yeah, I mean, I think the question that you're asking kind of in a roundabout way is when is it feminist and when is it anti-feminist? All right, so maybe vaginal knitting feminist, loaded gun anti-feminist. I I think that sounds about right. To get a little more information about the relationship between vaginal packing and feminism, I asked Amelia what she thought. I mean, I think it's kind of refreshing in a weird way, if I want to put, like, see the silver lining in all of this, (laughs) to be the fact that women are feeling so comfortable with their vaginas that they are sort of... um, 
you know, I feel like a lot of women are raised to sort of like think about their vaginas as being this super private thing. And like, maybe they don't even, you know, grow up touching it or anything like that. And to be sort of really guarded and weird about it. And this is like the extreme other end of that, where it's like, women are like, whatever, it's just a vagina. I can put things up there like a gun. Because they really can't search her vagina. Like if they arrest her and take her to jail, then she can get the strip search. So I don't know exactly what the laws are. And I don't know if this ver- this must probably vary state by state or even city by city about as to what um, uh, police officers are allowed to do in terms of like searching your actual person. Mm-hmm. But they are definitely are laws that do allow them to to do those kinds of searches. And so I would say that if you are a person, whether you are a person who would have something in your vagina to hide it or not, you should know the laws regarding that because there was a woman just this a week ago who was pulled over. Um, the police said that they smelled marijuana. In her vagina? They smelled it in the car. (laughs) And when the car, there was nothing in the car, Uh, maybe they just smelled a skunk. I don't know. But then they performed a body cavity search on her, which she says that she did not, um, she did not consent to. So that is going to turn into a case. And I do think that there's something to be said for like, that's highly, highly invasive. That's what was interesting about the Sandra Blonde case is that for a while they were talking about how they thought that she, you know, she had marijuana in her system in the, um, the toxicology report. And for a while there was all these sort of whisperings from the, from the police saying that she probably ingested the marijuana in some form Mm -hmm. while she was in jail. That actually turned out to not be really true. Like the the way they were sort of looking at the toxicology report and the information about marijuana in your system was wrong. But what they were sort of positioning was that either somebody had to bring her the weed, which seems highly unlikely because she didn't know anybody there, or that she had to have snuck it in. And how would she have snuck it in? I don't know. Nature's pocket. Yeah, but I don't think she did. But... You know, it's a theory that's out there. Yeah, this yeah. Is, that's one of those theories that was floating around when that toxicology report came out. But that's, an, it's, you know, this is the kind of thing that's happened enough, you know, news cases of, of women hiding things up there that, that uh, I think it's almost like become sort of like, oh, maybe she hid it in her vagina. And people are sort of like, it's becoming sort of normal. Amelia brings up a lot of good points. We sent our Crime Feed correspondent, Emily Kaiser, to do a little bit more research. After researching the laws regarding strip searches, I 100% agree with Amelia. And I'm glad that she brought up Sandra Bland because when I was doing my research, I actually stumbled across some allegations that the same department that arrested her had been reportedly racially profiling when they were deciding who they should strip search. Really? Well, my first inclination is to say just don't put anything illegal in your vagina and you'll be fine. That's always good advice. Shoving anything, including Tiger Beat centerfolds in your vagina, is not advisable. But what struck me when researching strip searches is what qualifies as reasonable doubt to dig around down there, it's pretty murky. And in the end, it really doesn't take much to warrant a bend and cough. Well, so I want to know, what does it take to warrant a bend and cough scenario? So in 2012, this kind of case really spelled it out for me, um, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that strip searches are permitted for all arrests, including non-indictable minor offenses. But they have to suspect that there is actually contraband hidden in there to strip search you, right? No, actually they don't. 
Really? Yeah. The strip search can be carried out before admitting you to jail, even if there's no reason to suspect contraband is hidden. How does that even make sense? Um, So again, back to the 2012 ruling. Um, That came after a man named Albert W. Florence was arrested because a computer incorrectly said there was an outstanding warrant against him for a traffic fine. Turns out he had paid the fine, but over the next six days, he was placed in two jails and searched at both locations. And when you say searched, what exactly do you mean by that? So the search was visual, but it also involved physical contact, like the officers lifted his tongue and lifted his genitals. So so he got out of jail, and he was rightfully upset. Yeah, I, I think I would be too. He promptly filed a lawsuit against the two jails, alleging that they had violated his Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights. And then the case goes through the court system, and ultimately the Third Circuit Court of appeals said, and I'll quote their their exact words, Jails's interest in safety and security outweighed the privacy interests of detainees, even those accused of minor crimes. Uh, that just seems completely crazy to me. How How is the Supreme Court even able to justify this kind of ruling? So this is where it gets hard because the justices ruled five to four, so they're pretty closely split on the issue. And then you add to that, Justice Anthony Kennedy brought up that Timothy McVeigh was stopped by a state trooper after the Oklahoma City bombing for driving without a license plate. And then Kennedy also referenced the time when one of the September 11th hijackers was stopped and ticketed for speeding just two days before the hijacking. So basically, he kind of made this connection that someone's arguably violated rights aren't as big of a deal as a terrorist getting away. So wait a minute. They're using extreme examples of terrorism to kind of create fear-mongering and get people to kind of give up our rights to privacy? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, it seems like kind of these extreme cases, and then when, you know, these actual rulings are put into effect, there are kind of unintended consequences. Right, and and, and now we're paying the price with our bodies. Yeah, so four justices pretty much agreed with what you're saying. That was Breyer, Ginsburg, Sotomayor, and Kagan. They were like, eh, that doesn't seem right. Um, They thought that for minor offenses, you shouldn't be given a strip search when there isn't any evidence of contraband. So I want to know, I guess, how often does a strip search actually result in an officer finding contraband? So in that same case, the justices actually researched that fact, and the rate of finding hidden contraband was extremely low, like three out of 75,000 low. So I'm really bad at math, so I can't even figure out that percentage, but it seems completely negligible. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are upset. It's a really big issue for the ACLU. Um, You know, people feel like they're losing their rights to privacy. That's how I feel about hearing about it. So strip searches are happening, and likely more than ever, because it sounds like no one even really needs to justify giving someone a strip search. Yeah, I mean, we cover, obviously, the cases where they do find something crazy, but Mm -hmm. there are thousands of women being searched and nothing's turning up. You know, I remember that case in Texas where those women were on the side of the road and they were strip searched in public view. And the cause was that they threw a cigarette butt out the car window. Oh, and that situation actually is maybe a little bit more upsetting because they had a body cavity search on the side of the road, not just a strip search. And of course, the police didn't find any drugs and neither of the drivers had been drinking. But there are cases, I guess, where it's crucial to search an inmate, let's say if we're bringing, you know, like dangerous contraband in, as we know lots of women have. Yeah, there is the argument that you're protecting 
the prisoners by searching them so they aren't bringing in, you know, any potential weapons or other contraband. Um, and as a prisoner, you do, you do still have some protection against strip searches, um, but inmates only have what's called a limited expectation of privacy versus you and me. Well, you and me, unless we throw a cigarette butt out the window and they want to do a cavity search on us. So maybe not even you and me. Seems like the laws are becoming more and more gray. Yeah, I kept trying to search for a definitive answer of when you can and cannot be searched. But for every case that I found that had been ruled unconstitutional, there was another case that said no one's rights were violated from the search. And then, again, when you factor in the same problems we mentioned with safety inside of prisons, I guess it's really hard to get a definitive when can you and when can you not become searched. And we should, of course, also mention that incarceration rates for women are growing. So it's no wonder that we have so many of these stories coming up. It's a good point. Um, Between 1977 and 2007, the number of women behind bars went up 832%. And then in 2009, there were just over 200,000 women in prison or jail. So that means more arrests, more inmates, and more searches. So hiding that drug contraband, or in many cases not hiding anything at all, but still getting searched, is decidedly anti-feminist. Yeah, this is not a story of empowerment, at least from what I looked up. And then you can also consider the fact that 85 to 90 percent of women in prison have been victims of violence, and that includes domestic violence, rape, sexual assault, and child abuse. Well, there you have it. I think there's really two takeaways here. The first one is know your rights. Uh, The second one is use your vagina for good, like for knitting a scarf. I look forward to more crime feed coverage on the subject in my Facebook feed. It doesn't seem like this is a fleeting trend, so you'll probably get your wish. And I'm glad you mentioned Facebook, Will. In our next episode, we're going to explore the worst kind of Facebook oversharing. Oh, sure. So like... uh genitalia sharing? No, we're moving away from genitalia um, next week, but our episode will involve confessing and even bragging about criminal behavior on Facebook. Intriguing. Yes, it it should be. But for now, we want to know what you think about vaginal packing, about strip searches, anything you heard on today's episode. Head over to Twitter at ID Crime Feed or Facebook.com slash Crime Feed to join the conversation. And join us next week right here on this podcast. What the Crime is presented by Investigation Discovery, America's leading mystery and suspense network. It's produced by Will Johnson, Emily Kaiser, Barry Blitch, and me, Amy Angelowitz. Recorded and mixed by Joe Powers. Edited by Will Johnson. Music by Louis Weeks. Artwork by Anand Galat. Special thanks to Garnsey Sloan, Nellie Ryan, Kevin Bennett, and Barry Gleiner. You can subscribe to What the Crime on iTunes, and if you like us, give us a rating. <laughs>